So Merry Christmas, Christmas Eve, actually. Um, I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation because um, this chapter is titled Jesus' Wish List. And I've got to tell you, Mike, um, one of the things that you mentioned at the beginning of this chapter was the airplane tickets that you bought for Carolyn oh, yeah. one year. Um, and how that was like the best gift. And then you were wondering, how am I going to top it off next year? Um, I'm a horrible gift giver. That is not one of my love languages or my strengths. Um, and, and I always, this is one of the seasons of the year that I dread the most when it comes to buying gifts because Susie buys these amazing gifts. We give each other a budget and somehow like I can only get one or two things within our budget. She gets like 10 things within our budget. She's an amazing gift giver, outdoes herself every year, but I'm not, I'm horrible at that. And so Christmas Eve, when I when I first started reading the book about Christmas is not your birthday and thinking, okay, it's Jesus' birthday. But notice so I didn't what have do to I even... pay anything for those tickets. Right. You yeah. used points. <laughs> yeah. That, we, that was awesome. Um, but So I'm thinking, okay, so, so Christmas is not my birthday, right? It's Christmas Eve today. It's not my birthday. What do I even give Jesus? Right? Like, I don't know what to give my wife, much less what do I give Jesus? And you talked in here, I, I love the way you laid it out about how Jesus gives us a wish list. Um, and and we just need to live it out. So can you well, tell us you a little know, bit about that? Matthew 25 ha- has the most description, the longest description of, of judgment. And after Jesus um, gives the parable in that chapter about the talents of gold so one he gives 10 to one five um mm-hmm. to, to one one and the one with one has no kingdom return so then he goes into the judgment story and jesus said uh, on that day the shepherd will separate the sheep from the goats you want to be on the sheep side of things you know And he said, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was in prison and you uh, visited me. I was, he he lists several things. I I was sick and you ministered to me. And his disciples are like, great, when did we see you? You know, we're looking for this picture we have of a 2,000 year old Jesus instead of the living Christ today. And the living Christ today, as he said, he lives in people. Um, He said, in as much, Matthew 25, 40, in as much if you've done it to one of these least of mine, you have done it unto me. And so if that's how we serve Christ, if that's how we bless Christ, then where are the least, the oppressed, the marginalized? Those in need. Um, as you say, people in Louisiana still living in trailers. Yeah. Um, we're, oh man, right now in, is it Myanmar or wherever, uh, huge star, starvation. Um, Ethiopia, the same. You know, it, it's why for me, I, I pray that someone gets a vision like I had for Darfur because, you know, our agricultural projects, self-sustaining, we're feeding close to 90 some thousand people. Uh, same with our water yards, 90 some thousand people, our schools, 35,000 kids, the first for women. Um, 
I saw the need and, and when you release it and focus on an area, you know, too many times, like people don't understand in our Methodist system apportionments and stuff like that. But when you adopt an area where you can really make a difference. So, you know, to me, that is the greatest gift. You know, Carolyn and I are praying now what we're going to do for our gift to Jesus that will be a part of the uh, recovery in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting because when, when I first started reading the book and I talked to, and, and you mentioned like Christmas is not my birthday, it's Jesus' birthday. The first thought I thought was, you know, maybe I can, um, I don't know, wrap up a nice little Bible, right? I mean, I know that sounds cheesy, but like a physical gift that I can give Jesus, right? That um, in some ways I'll own this. In the back of my mind, it's how can I gain Jesus' approval with this gift, right? I mean, that's part of gift giving is are they going to like it? Are they going to use it? Do they even need it, right? Um, But when it comes to giving Jesus a gift, like Jesus... um, there is no stipulation of you have to serve 50 people in order for me to like this gift or there's, there's no, it's just go and care for the least of these. Right. So giving a bottled water to somebody who's thirsty, that that's a, a gift to Jesus. Um, you, you mentioned the, the gifts you talked about, right. Um, uh, for us here in Louisiana, like going to the place that's still, um, there's still so much destruction from the hurricanes. Like, that is giving a gift to Jesus. That that's whatever Jesus' wishes for us. Whatever to care for we do least. for people. Yeah. 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 And so I think one of the challenges I want to give to people this week is, especially today on Christmas Eve, is if you see any pain or suffering in the world, you might not be able to eliminate all of it. But like you said, be specific, right? Like maybe I just I want to give this one person a meal to eat. Or uh, I, whatever it is, well, just you know, um, caring for the least is so important. One of the, one of the things that that uh, we do every year is um, we we have a really nice kids camp that we send kids to. So, but for underserved kids, that because it's like three hundred bucks a kid, it's a, n- a nice exper- mm. week experience. Um, you can give a scholarship. So, Carolyn and I always give mm. one scholarship for an underserved kid to go to camp, you know, uh, every year. So, I mean, there's so many ways, um, that, that we can be involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, I I shared this story with our congregation a couple months ago, but, um, when I was little, my dad took me with him to visit a a neighborhood in, in Juarez, Mexico called Tierra Nueva. And it was at the time one of the poorest neighborhoods in in all of Juarez, and I just remember we visited parents and we like families and we visited their houses and it was just cardboard houses, one after the other after the other, and this was about a week before Christmas. And I remember Christmas morning waking up and opening my gifts and and looking at my dad and saying or asking him those those kids probably didn't open a gift today, did they? And him acknowledging, like, probably not, right? I mean, if they probably had to choose between gifts and food, and they probably chose food. And that that really struck, like, struck a chord with me. I also know that for my dad, my dad grew up really poor, and he never had gifts growing up, um, very rarely had gifts growing up. And so 
from that moment of, of seeing all these kids, me asking him that question, he started a ministry where every Christmas uh, he would gather gifts and go donate them to, to a church in this in neighborhood who would then make sure the, the kids would get a gift. And, you know, it's not a, it's not a permanent fix. There's a, a huge, there's a bigger need than gifts. But every Christmas Day, kids were waking up with a gift. And by the time he retired, he, uh, they're still doing it now, but um, they did six, just over 600 gifts. It started with like 20 gifts. And by the time he retired, it was like 600 gifts. Um, I say small because even something small that doesn't fix the solution permanently, it's still caring for the least, right? I mean, I know that giving a, a kid a gift doesn't fix their poverty and we're called to fix that too, right? I mean, we, we need to make a difference on that too. But even if fixing poverty feels overwhelming, start somewhere, right? Give a bottled water, give a gift, like do something that well, brings well, hope well, to Mid people's Well, Mid-City um, Church has such potential to have holistic ministry. Like, uh, Fernie, you visited uh, so many of our support, including uh, jobs. Well, you didn't see all this jobs for life, clubhouse tutoring, you know, programs or whatever. Mm -hmm. But one of the things we do to give families esteem is for our food pantry clients who also have access to our used clothing stores and stuff. Uh, we have people bring gifts to the church. And I mean, in different new bikes and different things. And then they get so many coupons, colored coupons for different size gifts based on the need of their family. Mm. So the parents come to our discipleship center. Remember that's where our, all behind the yep. original little two room church and all these gifts are out on tables. And so with their coupons, they're purchasing gifts mm -hmm. for their kids. Now they're supported through the food pantry too, you see. And that way f the children see the gifts coming from their parents or Santa Claus, right. not church people dropping gifts at their house. So how do we mm -hmm. build esteem? and so forth and a total kind of support system, you know, at the mm -hmm. same time mm -hmm. after school yeah. tutoring, um, yeah. Ben Gatton, I don't know if, if you know him over, you know, uh, all summer long, he did a literacy camp, you know, out of his, his church for kids, which means mm -hmm. he needs mm -hmm. adult workers and so forth. But you're exactly right. Mm -hmm. Whatever we do for people, seeing Christ in people, that's what well, mother Teresa was so good at that. You know, whatever mm -hmm. I do for people, if I wash their feet, you know, if I bring them in, they're dying yeah. on the street. Uh, I'm doing it to the body of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, we're doing uh, something called mm -hmm. the giving tree. And uh, today, um, kids, uh, 15 kids, we adopted 15 kids and uh, they put together a Christmas wish list along with their parents and gave it to their principal and their principal gave us the list. And we adopted 15 kids, and 15 kids got a gift um, for Christmas today uh, that our church sponsored. Like, our church members bought gifts for them. Um, I also, I have a friend of mine who, tomorrow, December 25th, he's going to run, he's going to bike 66 miles because he's, he's 66 years old. And his wife died about two months ago, and he's asking people to donate $20. Like, he'll, he promises to run 66 miles. He wants people to donate $20 to any organization that makes a difference in this world. Um, 
And so, I mean, there, there's, there's so many oh, different yeah. ways that we can serve people and, and uh, be the hands and feet of God in this world. Yeah, yeah. So um, let me ask you, um, Christmas Eve today, um, what is one challenge you would give people um, as far as, um, you know, this conversation we've had about caring yeah. for the least? I think on Christmas Eve, it's so easy to forget about that because we're all in our own little bubbles. We go to church as a family or, or um, you know, we, we go to church in general and uh, we have dinner with family or we're going to travel or whatever it is. We, we, it's so easy to get into our little bubbles. But on Christmas Eve, uh, what's your biggest challenge for well, us? Well, I, I think it would be to, um, as families, now, we, we need to remember for Christmas is hard for some people. Like you said, the loss of a loved one, a divorce. Or what, so we, we, you know, we need, need to be aware of that. But is there um, somebody who's going through a hard time who's going to be by themselves that you could invite mm-hmm. over for dinner? And, and I know that that can mm-hmm. be hard because you see, if you're like me, I'm an introvert. And I see, you know, mm-hmm. um, just family, you know, kind of, uh, I think any other kind of way, um, to really talk about the meaning of Christmas sometime on, you know, for those of us who gather in groups, you know, um, how is this Christmas different for you? Where, you know, where, where are you in this God journey? When it comes to Christmas Eve, and, and you know this, as pastors, um, there is a lot of work that happens on Christmas Eve. And so by the time I get home, Susie and I have a tradition. We, we order Chinese food. We watch uh, a Christmas story. Usually it's a Christmas story because I love that movie. And we just, we open gifts and we relax. Um, any interruptions in that, it, it's really annoying for me because like I've worked so hard. I just want this to go right and it doesn't uh-huh. always go right. But But I will say like, I think, I think one of the interruptions is that, and this has happened to me before, where on Christmas Eve, the service is about to end, and I'll tell people, are y'all going to have dinner? What are y'all going to do? And no, we really couldn't afford it this year. That's an interruption right there that I could so easily say, come to my house. We're going to have more Chinese food than we can eat. You know, let's eat with us, watch a movie with us, and then go home after, right? I mean, inviting those types of interruptions in our lives is... Um, that that's such a great way to give Jesus a gift to stick with the chapter, right? I mean, that the, those interruptions can can be can lead to some beautiful things. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think that's it. I, you know, I'll never forget um, Chevy Chase in that movie Christmas Vacation says to his dad, "Dad, how do you get through these things?" And I mean, it just was bizarre. Mm-hmm. The tree blew up. You know, the cat died. The uh, squirrel ran through everything else he did. I'll never forget because our kids were young and we were staying in a hotel someplace when that line of cussing comes on. You know, mm-hmm. where I couldn't get to the TV fast, you know. No. But he said, Dad, how do you get through this? And he said, I, I get through it with a little help from Jack. And he meant Jack Daniels. All I'd say is don't mm-hmm. get too much help from Jack. <laughs> <laughs> true yeah. <laughs> i agree <laughs> yeah yeah well mike thank you so much i want to uh wish you, you a merry and, christmas and, uh, um all of our brothers and sisters 
Yeah. I'd Likewise. Likewise. Bless Christmas. <laughs>